Isn't it a blessing to have uh, our children enriched with the Word of the Lord? I mean, this is, this is rich, deep seed that's being planted, and that's going to produce a lot of fruit, I think. Um, speaking of fruit, um, I've been getting a lot of fruit lately. I don't know about you. I've been seeing cherries and apricots and all kinds of stuff come into our school, and we'd have fruit breaks, and parents would come in and bring all kinds of yummy, yummy fruit, and we've been enjoying it. I mean, some really good stuff, and we even talked on the bus this morning about fruit. We're going to talk a little bit more about fruit this morning and kind of got in a conversation about, okay, what, what's good fruit? What kind of fruit do you like? And, oh, I like the cherries. And somebody said, well, how about durian? Is durian good fruit or bad fruit? And I'm like, oh, no, you had to bring that one up. Uh, who likes durian? Does anyone like durian at all? Is there a few people? There, there's, there you are. Okay, we'll pray for you afterwards. That's... For sure. Um, but no, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about fruit. And there's actually a couple places in the Bible where Jesus talks about some fruit. And I want to take a look at a, a little bit at that this morning. Um, actually, I want to start in Luke chapter 6. I want to start there, Luke chapter 6. And um, I apologize for not having slides this morning. That's my fault. It's not our technical team's fault. They're a great job. I just didn't get uh, my homework done and got that on the slides for them. So I hope you have your Bibles with you um, and join me in Luke chapter 6, and we're going to read from uh, verse 45 uh, all the way down to the end of the chapter. So I'm in Luke chapter 6, uh, verse 43, excuse me, 43. This is small print and my eyes are getting bad. That's what happens when you get old, I guess. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by his own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings up evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like, who comes to me, hears my words, and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And the moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Can we pray together? Mm. Father, we thank you for um, your spirit that is with us today. Lord, I thank you for how you speak to us. And Lord, I ask, Lord, that you speak this morning. Lord, let our hearts and our ears be open to what you would have to say to us. And let us produce good fruit by your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So how's your tree looking today? How's your fruit farm going? Um... There was a time back in 2000, I want to say 2012, 2013, I think if 
I asked my wife, she would probably say 2013, so I'm going to go with that because she's good at that stuff. Um, we were in Colorado, um, had been living there for about five, six years at that point, and uh, we were involved in our church. Um, our three daughters, who I love very much, who actually were adopted from here in China, they were involved in church and ministry, and life was going really, really good. We were involved in children's ministry. I was involved in worship. We even had done some short-term mission things. And, you know, if, if, I, if you asked me my que that question about how my tree is and how the fruit was going, I would say, it's great. I mean, this is a beautiful tree, and we've got blossoms here and fruit there, and, and it's going really good. And um, our church there is an amazing church. Um, it's uh, our home, our, our family, uh, and if you're ever in Denver, Colorado, that area, it's the best church on the corner of Wildcat, Reserve Parkway, and Broadway. I invite you to go and see some, some wonderful brothers and sisters. And they're a very fruitful church. Um, they got involved in starting a school in Ethiopia. And, um, you know, sometimes partnering overseas can be a little tricky. And they actually worked really, really well in starting a school. And the school is actually going to be handed over and run by um, a board represented of several churches there in Ethiopia. And so um, our church really planted seed there and invested in this ministry and in this work to really see God's um, hand in, in these children's lives in Gojo, Ethiopia. And it was an amazing work. And I got an invitation from our men's group who was involved in this, and our whole church was really involved. And a, a bunch of guys got together, and, and a couple of key guys that were really instrumental in helping uh, form and start the school, and they even helped with the construction. And some of these guys are real experts in what they do, and you know, I'm, I'm not really that hands-on of a guy, but they say, hey, Don, we'd, we'd really like you to come. Amazing stuff's happening. We want you to go. And I thought, yes, this is great. I want to go. This is amazing. And I kind of talked to my wife and said, Tamara, I've been invited to go to Gojo, Ethiopia. I can go, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, she says, well, yeah. And I go, great, all right. And then I kind of got this gut check. And God kind of said, well, aren't you going to pray about it? I go, well, what do you mean am I going to pray about it? This is a missions trip. We're going to Gojo, Ethiopia. We're doing this school. This is, a, this is amazing work. This is good fruit, right? I mean, why wouldn't I go? And I just had this gut in my spirit. Now, you need to pray about this. Okay, all right, God. God, can I go to Gojo, Ethiopia? I'm going to go with the guys. It's a church thing. It's awesome. Can I go? No. No, you don't want me to go on a missions trip. Let me get this right. God, you're telling me not to go on a missions trip. No, you're not going. Huh. Okay. Well, why not? I want to go. I want to go really bad. And I, I kind of got upset about it. I'm like, God, why, why are you telling me I can't go? I mean, this is good fruit, right? I, Aren't I supposed to have good fruit? 
I mean, you know, I've been, I was asked. I got invited. No. All right. So I had to call the guys, and we were in a meeting, and they're getting final reservations of who's going and who's not. And I said, sorry, guys, I'm, I'm not supposed to go. I just felt in my spirit. God said, no, I'm not supposed to go. I don't. He hasn't given me a reason why. Um, that's all I can tell you. I can't really tell you any more than that. I'm not supposed to go. And I was like, well, all right, well, that's okay. Well, Jason wanted to go. We'll have Jason come with us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have fun, Jason. <laughs> Enjoy the trip. Uh, didn't get a go. That bugged me. Good fruit, right? Well, uh, about a week after that, uh, we got a phone call from our adoption agency who had helped us with all three of our adoptions uh, with our girls. And they talked to my wife and said, we have this wonderful opportunity and we want to invite you guys. Um, we're going on a, what we're calling a cultural tour back to China. And um, it's actually being sponsored by this organization who um, wants to see adoptive children um, go back to their native country and get a taste of their culture and this. And there's also some educational components to this as well. And we're going to visit this school and that school. But it's kind of going to be like a, a cultural tour. And um, one, of your, one of your daughters and one adult can go. And all you have to pay for is your airline ticket. All of your other expenses are covered, and we want you to come. And we knew immediately, okay, this is a trip that our middle daughter, Sabrina, and my wife, Tamara, are supposed to go on. Um, this is something that I think uh, Tamara had been thinking about, uh, something that we had been wanting to do for a while, and, and having our children come back at some point. And this opportunity came up. And we said, all right, we'll go. Well, it just so happened to be the exact same time that the men were going to Ethiopia. And if I had gone to Ethiopia, they could not have gone on this trip. And I said, OK, God, I, I guess I kind of see what's going on here. This, this is a trip that they need to go on. And you've provided this for them. And so this is an awesome thing. Thank you, Lord, for providing this for them, and they can go on this trip, and that's an awesome thing. And I thought, you know, God knows what he's doing, right? Um, there's things that we don't understand that we don't see that he does, and we have to be faithful to listen to his voice. And I think, really, that's what this comes down to. I mean, when I look at this passage, I mean, in Matthew chapter 6 or chapter 7, this is a similar passage. It's a lot more scary than Luke is. Um, if you go back and read Matthew, it's a little bit more scary in that it talks about, well, not only if you don't bear good fruit, we're going to start chopping off limbs and throwing stuff into fire and all kinds of really bad stuff like that. And I, I don't know that it's so much about the fruit. I mean, the, the fruit's important. Um, but the message that I get in this is it's really about who we're listening to. 
It's really about what we're putting our trust in. And it's really about where the fruit is coming from. In Luke, it says this, I will show you what he is like who comes, hears, and then puts into practice. And that's actually what Matthew talks about. If you look back in Matthew 7, it kind of says something very similar to that. It says, only the one, only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven is the one that he considers a friend. You know, it talks about people prophesying and doing healing and doing all these amazing miracles. And Jesus says, well, I'm sorry, but I never knew you. And it's like, well, they're doing all these great kinds of fruit. Why would God say he doesn't know them? Because it comes down to relationship. And it comes down to who you're, who you're speaking to and who, who you're listening to and who you're being directed by. When we try to produce fruit in our own strength, in our own power, in our own knowledge, and what we want to do, then it's all from us. And who gets the glory? Who gets the honor? And really, do we know the consequences of that? But when we're listening to His Spirit, and we're coming to Him, and we're hearing His voice, and then obeying what he asks us to do, then we're, we're in relationship with him. And it's his fruit. It's his working in us. You know, Galatians talks about in chapter 2, or uh, yeah, chapter 2, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. And I think that's really what God's looking for. God, God's looking for opportunity where he can live his life through us and in us. In, in John 15, it says, he is the vine and we are the branches. He's the one producing the fruit. We just have to be connected to him. We have to be abiding in him. And we have to allow him to live through us. I like how Ephesians says this. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Which God prepared in advance to us to do. He's the one doing the preparing. He's the one that's doing the work in us. He is the one that has plans for us that he's planned from the foundation of the earth. Our, um, the China trip that uh, my wife and I took, or not my wife, my wife and Sabrina took, um, was a lot more important than I had even realized. I just thought, okay, this is, this is a great opportunity for them to go. It's something that they need to do. I need to stay home. I need to be with the other two girls while they go. 
and um, God's just blessed them with this great trip. And I thought it was as simple as that. And it really wasn't until they got back and maybe even some time after that trip and they were able to process that trip a little bit more did I realize really what God was doing in our family. Um, before that trip, we had been, like I said, really involved in church and ministry and doing good fruit. And God had put something in our hearts that he had something for us that was a little bit maybe bigger. Um, something that would require us to trust him more. Um, and we really didn't know what that was going to be or really even what that looked like. We were happy in Colorado and living life and enjoying what God had blessed us with where, where we were. Um, but on this trip, a couple of things happened. Uh, one, I think we really found... Um, A couple of things. Sabrina really blossomed on this trip, just in terms of um, being out of her element and being back in this country. And um, we were a little concerned on how she would do traveling. And she did amazing well. She did amazingly well. And so much so, um, she was even an encouragement to my wife during this trip. And my wife uh, was able to meet a couple. Uh, they were down in Guangxi and, and doing some different things. They, they had done a couple of different visits to some schools and things, and they, they ran into uh, a foreign couple who has, was living in the area and just kind of decided to latch on to the group and, yeah, come along and come with us and let's talk. And, ended up inviting my wife over to their house and sat down with my wife and, and talked and, and they talked about some spiritual things and what they were doing and how God was moving. And um, when they came back to the United States, there was a sense of um, real purpose in this meeting between my wife and this couple. And my wife kept asking, why, why did I meet these people? I don't understand. I really don't. I mean, they were nice, and, and we had this great spiritual conversation, and, and it was neat to hear about what God was doing in their lives, but, I mean, why, why did all this happen? And it wasn't until maybe even a year later that really God answered that question. And he told my wife, it's because I wanted, to see, I wanted you to see what was normal in my kingdom, that living a life outside of your comfort zone, away from home, in a place that you don't know, when I'm with you, is very doable. And if, if you know my wife and I, if God would say back then, hey, I'm sending you to China, <laughs> I think that would have been like, really? <laughs> Can you ask somebody else, please? <laughs> no, thank you, I'd rather not. I like it here in Colorado, it's nice and comfortable. But of the two of us, I think I would probably come around to the idea a whole lot quicker than my wife would, just because of uh, my history and I had been overseas a couple of times. And um, my, my wife, God, God, knew, God knows he, who he needs to talk to. 
you know. And this was really so comforting for her. And God just held her and said, you know, I'll be with you. And, and this is, it, it won't be that scary. It's normal. About uh, a year later after that is when um, our family got an invitation to come to Beijing. And we came in October of 2014 just as a vision trip to kind of see what, our, what that opportunity looked like. Uh, and then we actually moved here in January of 2016. And it really all started because God told me, no, don't go to Gojo. Um, and I guess what I, what I want us to take away from that is a sense of security and a sense of comfort and a sense of assurance that when we surrender ourselves to God's will and his leading and his direction, that he's got us covered. You know, there's a lot of people that are in transition right now. We said goodbye to some friends just this last week. Uh, we're saying goodbye to some more friends this week. And it sounds pretty typical here in Beijing. In just the year and a half that we've been here, it seems like people come and go a lot. And sometimes that's difficult. Um, but what I would like to encourage us in is that wherever God is leading us, we can have faith and confidence in his provision, in his guidance, and how he will work things out in our lives. Um, Ephesians 1 says this, In him we were also chosen, having predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purposes of his will. When you believed, you were marked with him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession and to the praise of his glory. And I think the thing that strikes me in this passage is that he works out everything according to the conformity and the purposes of his will. We, we think of scriptures like Jeremiah 29.11. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you to bless you, to give you a hope. We think of scriptures that, that, are, that says things like, his ways are higher than our ways, and our, his thoughts higher than our thoughts. And I think those are scriptures that we should hold on to as comfort, and um, knowing that he has us. And we don't have to be concerned about where he takes us, as long as we're open to the leading of His Spirit, who has been deposited us in, in us. I want to close with this um, last thoughts from Galatians. And I appreciate our brother Ed kind of walking us through Galatians. That's been really, really edifying. 
Um, and here's some thoughts from that book. It says, the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires, and the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when we think about fruit, let's think about what the Spirit is doing through us and in us. And that it's by His Spirit that He changes us. And it's by His Spirit that He gives us desires. And it's by His Spirit that gives us direction. And it's by His Spirit that gives us comfort. And it's by His Spirit that we get everything. We can do nothing without Him. Those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. You pray with me? Father, I take comfort in the fact that you're not looking for us to produce the fruit. <laughs> That's a mistake that I've often made is I've got to work hard and produce more fruit. I've got to do really good things as much as I possibly can because I'm expected to produce good fruit. Lord, free us from the burden that says we have to do it on our own, in our own strength. Because, Father, you're not asking us to produce the fruit. You're asking us to listen to your voice. Lord, you ask us to come to you You ask us to hear you, and then you ask us to obey. So Father, give us the strength to come to you and surrender in humility. Father, give us ears to hear your spirit. Father, give us courage to do all that you ask us to do. Because you've gone before us. You've prepared the way. And all we have to do is walk in your spirit. Father, for those of us that are moving on into new things and maybe even unknown things. Lord, help us grasp what we know, which is you are faithful. And you are good. 
and you lead us to a place, Lord, where you've already prepared. Thank you, Lord, that your burden is light and we can rest in knowing that we are in your arms. Thank you, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name.